because I don't want you to think about how you're going to deliver the content. I just want you to have an open mind and think about the content itself and what you can create best for your audience. Welcome back to Duo On Air. I'm Abby. And I'm Courtney. And we're the X agency turned entrepreneurial team that puts the Duo and Duo Collective. Our boutique organic marketing agency specializes in SEO, social media strategy, and brand. We're an everyday pair of business besties slash marketing experts obsessed with helping our community learn more about what it takes to run a business. Which is why on Duo On Air, we're not holding anything back. We're giving you all the info we know about how to grow your business organically so you can be the confident CEO you were made to be. And how to navigate life as a small business owner. Whether it's on your own or with your best friend by your side. So grab your coffee or your mimosa, we don't judge, and settle in for a quick value-packed episode of Marketing Tips. Welcome back to the Duo On Air podcast. This is episode number 79, and today I want to talk about how on earth we come up with content ideas. And before I even dig into it, I'm going to give you a little tip. When we think about content for our business, we think about it holistically. We don't think about our podcast, our Instagram, our blog, our email, We do not think about each of those things as as separate entities. We are not thinking about how do I create content for my podcast and then what types of content should I create on Instagram? Now, what should I create for my blog? It's a lot harder and more difficult when you think about your content creation from that perspective. And if you instead shift your thought process and just think about your content as one thing whereas you have the vessels of everything else of how to distribute it. This is where the repurposing your content magic comes in. You have your content and now the vessels of where it can live are all of those different places, from your podcast to your Instagram to your blog to your email to your Pinterest and everything else under the sun. But when you're coming up with content ideas, remove the vessel from the process. Because I don't want you to think about how you're going to deliver the content quite yet. I just want you to have an open mind and think about the content itself and what you can create best for your audience. Now for me, one of the very first content vessels, so to speak, that I think of is blogging. Because blogging is the longest form the content can start in before I start spursing it out everywhere else. So I, like what I'm going to talk about today is my favorite tools for blogging because that tends to be the first place my content goes. So when it comes to blogging, one of the biggest questions that I get asked is which platform is best? And a lot of times when people really get serious in the world of SEO, they know they need to create content because without content, search engines can't find you. When people start getting really serious about that, they start to rethink where their website is living and they start wondering, hmm, am I on the best platform? Is this platform going to be really good for me to create content and blog? And everyone's brain always goes to WordPress. WordPress is known for being one of the best blogging platforms there is. And honestly, I don't care where you live. I don't care if you live on Wix, Squarespace, ShowIt, WordPress, uh, any other, Shopify, any platform. Sure, there are, like from a design perspective, certain things that I like better about certain platforms. But if you're creating content and you have the ability to structure things like your headlines 
And if you're doing that in a website platform that allows you to customize headlines and write your own meta descriptions and all of those good SEO things that need to be there for your blog, then you're going to be just fine. You do not need to switch website platforms. I just encourage you to start creating content because if you have in your brain, well, I'm not going to start blogging because I'm not on the best website platform yet. So I'm just going to wait until I change my website and create new content because then you're never going to get started and it takes a long time for your content to get indexed. So I highly encourage you just to get started. Because when you do switch platforms, if you do in the future, you can take that old content with you. And in fact, refreshing content is a really good thing to do. So it's really good to when you transfer into a new platform to take that old blog blog content with you and revise it, refresh it, and then republish it on your new website. So that can be a really good strategy. So please do not let the platform that your website lives on be the reason why you are not creating blog content. And finally, next, before I dig into all of my favorite tools, I want to talk for a second about content pillars because these are truly the game changers when it comes to first starting to ideate your content. Even before I dive into each of these tools, I have a really good understanding of what my content pillars are. And content pillars are really just buckets. I don't care how fancy they are. I don't care if you have a Canva document that outlines your content pillars. I don't care if you wrote them down on a post-it note. But just understanding what your content buckets are is going to give all of your ideation so much more structure. So they can be broad. So for example, a couple of our content buckets are SEO and branding. Those are two offerings we have, so you better bet we're going to be creating content around education, around tips, around resources that have to do with those subjects because at the end of the day, those are our offerings and our services. Another content pillar that we have is partnerships. We are a partnership, and although we don't offer systems and tools on how to create your partnership. It's not a service offering we have. We love to share our experience and we love to inspire other people to start a business with a partner. So that is something we love to create content around. And speaking of, this is a good time to point out that your content pillars do not need to be tied to an offer. You can create what you want to create. We oftentimes get in our head of like, but I really like beverages and I really like talking about them, but I'm a marketer. So how in the world am I going to talk about beverages because of that? Well, if you follow us on Tuesday Tips and Sips, we get that opportunity to connect with our customers over and our clients and our audience and everyone over a virtual happy hour by sharing our favorite things that we're sipping on and also sharing a marketing tip. So you can create content that you truly like and you like to share, and that's what gives your brand personality. So as you plan out your content pillars, don't stick to just the buckets that you offer services or products under. Start to think holistically, what is your brand's personality and how are you going to bring your brand to life and really make those connections with your audience? So whether it's around drinks, whether it's around health and wellness because you're on a journey yourself, 
whether it's talking about your dog because you love your dog. I mean, if you guys know Court and I, we are big dog fans. So, and I don't say like just big, like we are big, but our dogs are big, like over a hundred (laughs) pounds. And it's something we love to talk about. So infuse some personality into your content pillars and use some of that. Another content pillar that I love to recommend to my clients when I'm building out content strategies is community or better yet, your local community. So for my local clients, so say for example, photographers, planners, um, people who are ingrained in the local community, whether you're a chiropractor, a dentist, anything like that where you need to drive local traffic, I want you to think about what your audience likes to do outside of just coming to visit you or just working with you. And that is where you can start to understand the types of content you can create that will attract that audience locally. So for example, if you are a, a marketing service provider and or any kind of digital service provider and you love to work at coffee shops and you know your audience also works at co-working spaces or coffee shops, maybe you can create a blog post all around the best co-working spaces or coffee shops to work at in X city or in this neighborhood. And now you've just created a piece of content that will help local people find you. And even if they aren't searching for your services or offerings, now you're in their world. This is how you grow your brand awareness, even if they're not ready to purchase. So those are amazing pieces of content that you can create that can help you attract a more local audience, but it's not a straight sales piece of content, right? It's just a piece of content and a resource that is something they're interested in, they're searching for, that's going to help bring them into your world. All right, how is everyone feeling about those content pillars? Hopefully, if you don't already have your content pillars outlined, I want you to take a moment today just to scratch a few down on a sheet of paper. Doesn't need to be fancy. You can even build them into your project management tool if you have Asana or anything else. Just make a note somewhere of what your content pillars are because those are going to be incredibly helpful as you start diving into these tools to start coming up with all of these blog ideas so that you aren't sitting here week after week wondering what in the world am I going to write about. All right, the first tool I want to talk about is Yoast. If you have WordPress or if you blog on WordPress, so if you also have a show it website, you will also leverage WordPress. This is a plugin that you can get. They have a free version and a paid version. And fun fact, even as an SEO expert, I actually don't pay for the paid version. I only use a free version. So just because you pay for the Yoast paid version doesn't mean your SEO is going to be better. (laughs) Um, So I highly encourage you to download this plugin. It is for WordPress only. So unfortunately, there isn't this plugin available for anything else. I actually do believe that within the last year, Yoast came out with a version for Shopify. So if you have Shopify, I would highly encourage you to go check into that. This plugin is a guide as you create your blog content. I'm going to say that again. It's a guide. It is not a perfect science. The first time I started using this, I had this kind of like urgency to make sure I was getting a green light every single time because how Yoast works is you write your blog content and at the end, it will give you a stoplight approach of whether your content is written well for SEO. 
It looks at both SEO and readability, which readability is all about making sure that your content reads well for your audience and it's understandable, if that's a word. <laughs> um, you want to make sure that you're not writing for like a really elevated, sophistic, sophisticated audience unless that's your niche because that is something that can kind of ding you in terms of readability. So making sure that it's friendly, not jargon-filled, that you're just speaking normal language is super important too. So it'll give you that green or the green, yellow, red stoplight score on how you've written your content. And then it will go through bullet by bullet of what you can fix and how you can better optimize your content. So the first time I started using this tool, I really used it as education. I'd write my content and then I'd understand, ooh, I didn't use enough transition words, or I may, I'm not using enough headlines throughout my content, or I'm not using the keyword high enough in my content in order for it to be in indexed better. So I started really understanding what are some of the things that matter in terms of SEO. And then the more I wrote, the better and better I got. Now, I barely have to look at that tool. I don't use it as much. I only use it as like when I'm done with the content, let's just make sure everything's good. And if I start to see some suggestions where I'm like, oof, if I actually go in and it says, for example, you're not using your keyword enough times or you didn't use your keyword in the first paragraph, sometimes I'll go back and look and I'll say, no, my content is written pretty well. And if I am to make that update, I'm going to do a disservice to my audience because I'm going to be stuffing keywords in certain places. That just doesn't make sense. So I fully accept now the yellows and maybe occasionally the reds, depending on what the content is written for, because this tool is meant to be a guide to help you. It is not a perfect science. And just because you get a green light doesn't mean you're going to show up on the first page of Google. But I do really, really love this tool as a guide to help teach you SEO, especially when you are first getting started. Because the more you use this tool and understand these metrics that actually matter, the easier and better your writing is going to get. So Yoast is what I use as I'm creating the content. So it's not necessarily a content idea generator, but it's what I use when I'm creating the content. So to start back at the beginning, let's talk about a couple tools that I love as I'm starting to ideate different content ideas. So the first one is exploding topics. I absolutely love using this tool to find on-trend in new topics in the industry so that you're not writing the same old same things all the time. So Exploding Topics is a tool that captures mentions on the internet, search histories, all of these different things to help understand what topics and keywords people are talking about more now than they ever have been before. So I actually don't go to this website that much to go ideate content, but what I do is I'm on their email list. So every week they send out an email that summarizes the tr top trending topics that are happening based on the categories I'm interested in. And each week I get excited to open that email. I browse through it, see if anything's really hitting the spot. And if I see something that I'm like, ooh, that's a really interesting, cool topic. I'll add it to my notes. I'll add it to my Asana board, whatever it may be, to then help me remember that, hey, this is a good topic to add to the queue when I'm creating content or when I need content for 
each of these different platforms that we're living on. So I really love just using that. It's a good tool to just continue to come up with these content ideas in just your everyday life rather than having to set aside time to ideate content. So getting on that email list, super awesome. There was also a question recently inside our SEO membership community. So we do a group coaching program for web designers and copywriters and also a ton of blog and content creators actually join that call as our join that group coaching program as well. And after you've gone through the program, then you have the opportunity to join us in this exclusive membership. So inside this membership, we're having conversations all the time about keyword research, how we can better help our clients. If we're stuck on a question, if our client is getting um, if our clients seen poor results and we need to figure out what's going on, if people need a business partner, like there's so many reasons why we connect in that platform. But a really good, interesting question popped up last week and it was all about, Hey, I want to write a piece of content for threads because threads is the all new Instagram app. That's basically Twitter, <laughs> but on Instagram that broke the internet and everyone's super excited about so this tool, she was like, I want to write a piece of content about threads and how it can be better used as you build out your storytelling and copywriting for your brand. I was like, that is an awesome piece of content. And she was wondering, am I crazy? Because when I look up threads in this keyword research tool, there's zero volume. Like, am I crazy? Is no one searching for this? That can't be true. And I, it's a great question because things that are trending and things that are brand new, so threads, who talked about threads before <laughs> threads actually launched, right? So that keyword isn't going to show up in a lot of your keyword research tools because it's it hasn't existed before, but it is going to pop up in things like exploding topics because they're not using the keyword re research methodology to understand monthly search volumes like all of the other keyword research tools are. So that is a tool that I really love to help find keywords and content that might be trending, but you might not actually see uh, monthly volumes in search engines yet. The next tool that I really love to ideate content and to help me create content is ChatGPT. Uh, ChatGPT is an AI tool and completely free. I have talked a lot about this in the past and if you flip back to episode 57, I help break down what ChatGPT is and why you should care. I also believe episode 58 is all about the guests. Um, we had a guest come on to talk about how she leverages ChatGPT and different AI tools within her business. So not just ChatGPT, but other ones as well. So highly recommend diving into those episodes if this is a completely new topic for you. So one of the first ways I really like to use ChatGPT, and I do this for both myself and my clients as I'm trying to ideate blog ideas, is just to simply ask them for a list of blog ideas. So again, I find this to be way more helpful when I have identified my content pillar and I understand who my audience is. So let me give you a couple examples of how you can do this. The first is, say you don't know your keyword that you're going to write for yet, and you do know your content pillars, but you have no idea what to write about. You just need some blog ideas, and you just need a friend to brainstorm with. That's where ChatGPT comes in. So you might ask, can you give me some blog ideas for a real estate team in Chicago around my content pillar, which could be buying a new home, 
that will resonate with families who are looking to find their forever home. Enter. And then ChatGPT will spit you out about 10 to 20 different ideas. You can even be specific and say, can you give me 20 blog ideas? Can you give me 10? Whatever you need, be specific. Because the more specific you are, the better the content is going to be. And that's why I like to identify one, what's the business? What do they do? What do they offer? What is the category that I want to write for? And then who is that audience? So here's another idea. Say you know the keyword you want to write for. So you already have a keyword. You already know what's kind of in this content pillar bucket for you, but you don't want to write the same content everyone else is writing on the internet and you want to differentiate yourself a little bit. So you can ask ChatGPT, can you give me some blog ideas for the keyword signature wedding drink? for a wedding and event planner that's based in Seattle. And then it will spit out a bunch of different ideas. You can pick and choose which one you want, finesse it, make it your own. But either way, it just really gives you a good base, especially when you're stuck and you're sitting here thinking, "Ugh, I don't want to create the same content everyone else has around this. I want to create something a little bit more unique. And so I'm going to ask ChatGPT to help brainstorm with me. So the next way I love to use ChatGPT is to help me outline my blog. So now say I found a really good idea. So say with that last example, ChatGPT went ahead and spit out an idea that was signature drink names that reflect your wedding theme. And I was like, yes, I love that one. So say you take that post and now you're going to ask ChatGPT, hey, can you take this blog post and outline it for me? And ChatGPT is going to come back and spit out a whole outline of what you should write about in each paragraph, really helping you outline that blog and breaking that up for you so that you don't have that question of what the heck am I going to talk about? And I will say that a lot of times when it spits it out, I am not verbatim taking word for word that's coming out of ChatGPT. I'm using this as a guide and I'm helping to infuse other pieces of content from different places into this as well. So one of my other favorite places to go to is to actually just Google the keywords, so signature drink names, and then go look on Google in that people also ask section and see what questions people are asking because that can be a really great section to add into your blog. So it's about using the combination of what ChatGPT spits out and then also using your brain and your knowledge of what you want to share with your audience because you're going to have a lot more unique perspectives and being sure that you're infusing your own stories and your own experiences. ChatGPT doesn't know what you've done and where you've been and how you can infuse your own portfolios and experiences throughout the content. So you're going to make sure that you're going to want to revise that too. Now, I could talk about ChatGPT all day long, and it is a tool that I have up frequently as I am creating and ideating new content for our business. So that is definitely a favorite and highly recommend listening to episode 57 if you want to dig into that further. The next tool that I want to talk about that I love as I'm helping to understand and create content is keyword research tools. So obviously I am the SEO nerd of the group and because of that, I often lean on keywords to be my driver to create content. 
So if you do not have a keyword research tool that you know, use, and love, I highly recommend you listen to episode 48, where I break down four free SEO keyword research tools. And I also have a resource that I will give to you and put in the show notes where you can go ahead and see how we do our own keyword research as well. So I love using this tool for a couple different reasons. Uh, the first being Uber Suggest. Um, this tool is one of my favorites and one that I recommend frequently to my clients because it's very cost effective. You can sign up for a lifetime plan rather than having to pay monthly for an offering. And they recently just launched a section of the um, app that has labs and it has an AI writer. So I use this all the time to help me write my SEO titles and my meta descriptions for my blog posts because you can enter in your keyword, you can enter in your headline, it will spit you out a meta description, which is awesome. So this tool is super helpful for writing that metadata for each of your blog posts, but I also love to use it to peek at what is working for my competition. So the great thing about this tool is you can take all of your competitors' domains, you can plug them into the search bar up top there, and it will go ahead and tell you which keywords and which pieces of content drive the most traffic for them. This can be super eye-opening to one, help you ideate like, oh wow, the Pete, the con- the biggest content drivers are not what I thought they were going to be. And I wonder what I can write on that topic too. So I never want you to use this tool as a copy and paste. Like, please do not copy your competitors. Be authentic to yourself and your business. But it is really good as a brainstorming tool to understand this is the type of content that performs really well for my audience. Does it make sense for me? Can I create something similar? How can I put my own spin on this type of content? So really using these keyword research tools to lean on what your competition is doing can be a really good start to ideating content. The next tool that I love to use comes in handy when you've already had some content created. If you don't have any content created yet, it might not be as helpful until you get to the point of having some content to lean on and understand their performance. So no surprise, I'm going to talk about a Google tool here, but Google Analytics is where I love to go to measure the performance of the content I'm creating and the past content that we've created. I really want to use this tool to understand what's working, what content is hitting page one, what content is driving the most traffic. You can also use another tool, Google Search Console, to understand not only which content is your best performing content, but which content is starting to take off. So you can actually see trends in increased impressions and increased clicks from different pieces of content. So definitely those two tools are what I love to use to understand the performance of old content. And from there, now that I understand what content is performing really well, there's two things I can do. One, I can take that content, especially if it's like three to four years old or older, I can take that content and I can refresh it. What can I write and add to it now to update it and make sure it's fresh and make sure Google continues to show it on page one and it continues to drive traffic for me because outdated content is something Google doesn't like. So if you are choosing to spend your time to refresh old content rather than just working on new content, that's magical. Please, please do that. 
So once you understand what's working, I love to use a tool called Answer the Public. Answer the Public actually just got purchased by Neil Patel's company, which is Uber Suggest. So this tool is now a part of the Uber Suggest universe. Unfortunately, it is a separate payment model, but you can use the tool in the same capacity for free if you don't pay for it already. And that is you can have a few free searches a day. So just be really strategic about what you type into this tool so that you don't use up all of your free, free searches. But I love to use this tool for which content is already working for me. So for example, one of our top performing pieces of content for our blog that drives thousands of clicks to our blog and our website every single month is how to create your Gmail signature in Canva. Super random and quirky, but it is awesome. People love it. It is a great blog post. This post is one that I've written three years ago. So this might be something that I can go back and update and refresh and make better for everyone who's coming and having that experience on that page, especially since I don't want to make, I want to make sure I'm not giving people bad advice if the platform is changing, if Canva changed, anything like that. So it's really good just to keep that fresh. So this is something where I'll take the keyword I was writing for, so Gmail signature in Canva or just G- creating a Gmail signature, and I'll plug that into Answer the Public, and Answer the Public is going to spit out all of the different questions that people are asking related to that keyword. And now I can go to my blog post and I can say, ooh, can I, can I highlight this in a better way? Can I add a section that's addressing a question people are asking that I haven't yet answered in here? What is it that I can do to help enhance this piece of content? So Google Analytics, Google Search Console, and Answer the Public are three tools that I love to use when I'm evaluating past content and leveraging that to create new content moving forward. And I'm going to leave you with one more super simple tool, and that is your brain plus your notes app. (laughs) So I come up with so many ideas when I am not in front of my computer, when I am not ready to jot them down anywhere, when I'm reading a book, when I'm listening to a podcast, when I'm on a walk, when I'm in the shower, I just these ideas when I'm at rest pop up. And I don't want to lose them, even if they are a dumb and stupid idea, because trust me, there have been plenty of those in my book too. So I don't want to lose those ideas. So I always have an ongoing Google Drive sheet or just simply my notes app or even a notebook. Just leave it by your bedside because we all know that our brains sometimes don't shut off at nighttime when we're supposed to be sleeping. And if something pops in, write it down. You don't want to forget those moments where you had that random idea. And it's so much better when you are going in to start creating content to have this ever-running list of ideas rather than having to just start with a blank sheet of paper. If you have something to start with, it can help cap- it can help really just compound from there to give you more ideas to build on, even if they are kind of silly and dumb to begin with. (laughs) So those are all of the tools that I really love to use when I'm ideating new blog content ideas, when I'm actually creating the content, and when I'm measuring the performance. And all of these are a part of my process as we create content, whether it be for the blog, the podcast, Instagram, 
our Tuesday tips and sips email list and all of that good stuff. So I would love to hear what tools you are loving. So please send us a message on Instagram. Let us know what tools you're loving as you create your own content and start to dig into some of these. I'll be sure to link all of them in the show notes so that you can go check them all out for yourself. Thank you for listening to another episode of Duo On Air, and I'll see you next week. If you like this episode, please be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes dropping every Monday. Plus, if you haven't already, please go ahead and leave us a review and don't hesitate to share any new episode ideas. We absolutely love hearing from you and creating this content for you. See you next week.